0: Welcome back, everybody. This is something about Web three. I'm your host Dan. I'm here with Kazuaki. Hello, hello. How's everyone doing this week? Another crazy week in crypto. It seems like every week now. So there's so much happening that I, it's it's hard to remember. Just like how how long ago was Terra? Like two weeks ago? It seems like wow. last year already i know (laughs) it's hard to keep up with everything i know if if this is the bear market it's like (laughs) things are still going wild so so i don't know i i don't know what to think um but we're still in it we're still believers in web three i hope you are too um I don't know, for some reason, I've been thinking lately like this is <clears throat> way more important than I thought it was before. just just web 3, blockchain in general. I've been reading a lot of science fiction lately. and um, you know, if you ever read some science fiction that takes place over a long period of time, there's always like all these advances in technology within civilization, space elevators and nuclear. <laughs> Fusion and uh, harnessing the sun and, and all this stuff. and I'm like, how come they never talk about blockchain? I feel like blockchain needs yeah. to be in more science fiction stuff.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 100%. So,
0: has there ever been a science fiction book that talked about something like blockchain? I'm trying to think. Maybe, maybe something, um, I don't know, maybe something a little bit older would have talked about something more economic and market based like that. Maybe mm-hmm. during the Cold War or something.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: If anyone, if anyone uh has any recommendations for any kind of um <laughs> hyper capitalist science fiction, let me know. I'd love to check it out. How come there's no anime about blockchain?
1: Right, right.
0: That's disappointing. Um <laughs> <laughs> I will say, I will say I've been seeing a lot more um Japanese artists and stuff take the blockchain i know foundation is like blowing up like crazy with with um japanese artists lately Mm -hmm. you know that site foundation yeah yeah which i think is great um and uh, i've even i even saw one of my favorite japanese nft artists onigiri man did a Mm -hmm. collaboration with with goblin town oh wow yeah isn't that cool
1: (laughs) Did we talk about Goblin Town like last week?
0: We must have. <laughs> yeah, I think we talked about it because I mentioned that yeah. Twitter space where they were just making noises and stuff. Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: Goblin Town still going strong. What? Uh I I I was almost tempted to spend my optimism airdrop on a Goblin Town NFT, but I, was, <laughs> I took another look at the art and I was like, I can't do it. Like the art yeah. doesn't. I can't vibe with it, and for some reason I can't. I can't buy an NFT if I don't like the art. Mm. I probably should, though, because I have this problem with NFTs where I I buy the NFT because I like the art and then I don't want to sell it because I like it too much. You know?
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, I really... I have sold very few NFTs. I just keep buying them. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It's not good. It's not good. Uh, I did. I did buy a uh, NFT called Soccer Park recently and staked it on NFTX though, oh. and uh, my NFTX stake period ended because there's like a lockup period.
1: Yeah.
0: So now I own one point one Soccer Park tokens. <laughs> um. So I could redeem it for for one and then have point one left over, which is pretty cool. But um. Someone bought the one that I put in the pool, so I don't Ooh. have it anymore. Sad. Uh, I'll have to find it, find a one that I like, and, and get it back. Uh, what can I say? I'm an art collector. <laughs>
1: yeah, pretty much. Yeah. You
0: know, be- before I did NFTs though, I I collected like real art. So, and I never expected to make any money back off of any art I bought in the real world. You know. Right. Right. Like, I, I would go to design festa and spend you know a hundred or two hundred dollars on a piece of art, but I just have it hanging in my house. you know mm-hmm. I never yeah. thought like oh, I'm gonna resell this someday. so yeah so that's my attitude towards nFTs it's a, it's nfts is is it's a, such a liquid market compared to the regular art world. It's really crazy to think about you know, and I'm happy to support the artists. So I want more people out there to buy NFTs and never sell them. Just buy it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Someday I'll post a link. I I set up one of those like virtual art galleries. So I'm going to post a link. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. So this week, you know, if you are um, a good person (laughs) and you support open source via Gitcoin grants, which you all should, um, you probably received the optimism airdrop. And um, I don't know, Kazuaki, do you want to give folks if they're unaware, what is optimism? You know, what, and what is the, what is the airdrop all about?
1: Uh, to be honest, like, I, I didn't really catch up, but the optimism is for layer like, two solution uh, for Scalability.
0: Yeah.
1: And um, yeah, that's pretty much
0: I know. It's an optimistic roll up tech. Yeah, right?
1: optimistic roll uh, Yep.
0: Yeah. Um, and and basically that means that it's um and this is you're more the cryptographer than I am. So this is a very <laughs> this is a very naive explanation, but it's at least my understanding that it's um not using say any any advanced cryptography in terms of shielding or um combining the transactions on a layer 2 like some upcoming l- layer 2s are zk sync mm-hmm. 2.0 and things like that which uh, I'm looking forward to a lot but it basically uses a series of time locked um bridges and pays for layer one security by combining transactions under a Merkle tree and committing those proofs to the main chain. Is that a terrible explanation, but a simple explanation of of what optimism and optimistic rollups are? No,
1: that's a great explanation, I guess.
0: Okay, cool. (laughs) That's at least my understanding of it. (laughs) Um,
1: Honestly, I haven't really, so take a look into it. So yeah, yeah. I, I think uh I think that you 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 know like simplify the what the optimistic rollups are.
0: Okay. Well, it's it's good enough for for me for my understanding. So hopefully, if you if you're actually interested in how it works, you can look into it yourself. But um. They're already paying like $200,000 a day worth of Ethereum in gas to secure the layer two, which is pretty impressive, but they are generating a lot of uh, value in terms of DeFi, things like that. Obviously, Uniswap is already available on Optimism, along with a lot of other protocols. Um, And you still use Ethereum to pay for gas on Optimism but it's much cheaper. And um, Optimism has been around for a little while. Actually, you could you could have already used Optimism, but they, but they did airdrop their OP token
1: mm-hmm.
0: this week, which is a governance token. Um, mm-hmm. So it's a big, kind of a big airdrop, maybe somewhat similar to Uniswap in terms of what they did with their token. Airdrop token, you know, uh, governance token, Gitcoin, I don't know, many other groups. Um Gnosis is doing an airdrop token and governance token soon. So um kind of part of that new wave of of not ICOs but but governance token airdrops. So if you donated to Gitcoin grants, that made you eligible. I don't know. kazuaki you did you did you claim an airdrop for optimism? Yep, I did. I did it yesterday. Nice. Yeah. Oh nice nice. Um but there was a lot of drama with the airdrop and I've been I've been anticipating the airdrop for a while now. I bridged over some funds um using hop protocol who's also doing an airdrop by the way. Um I was able to claim my tokens but I did I did sell the tokens and bridged them back to the main chain. I don't know if that will make me ineligible for future airdrops, but I'm fine with that. It doesn't It doesn't really bother me one way or another. But I, I just didn't. I just don't have the interest at this at this point to participate in governance and things like that. And uh, I wanted to buy some more NFTs, so so I so I <laughs> sold for Ethereum, bridged it back. But but another reason was, I got to be honest, I I was less than impressed with um, how they handled this airdrop. And there were some things about the airdrop that really made me feel uneasy about maybe the team, you know, and and things happen, whatever. No one's perfect, but the airdrop went very poorly. Um, And I can give a brief explanation of my experience because i was sitting at my computer trying to do the airdrop for kind of several hours as it launched um i even went so far as to start trying to build some tooling to claim the airdrop myself without um using their interface because the interface kept going down and things like that but anyway the interface went back up so i was just i just claimed through the normal route but Here's, here's what my experience was and, and here's why I felt kind of upset by it and, and uneasy. You know, I logged on, I went to the Discord. Obviously, there's a lot of people talking about the airdrop and um, a lot of people are asking, is it live? Is it not live? What's the address? Where's the contract? How can we claim it? Blah, blah, yeah. blah. The, at first, all of a sudden, everyone they had an eligibility checker and the eligibility checker stopped working. So it started saying that everyone was ineligible for the airdrop, mm-hmm. which started upsetting people. They said, I used to be eligible. Why am I not eligible now? Mm-hmm. And the team in the Discord, obviously these are not like the devs or whatever. These are just like community managers, okay. but they started all right. giving all the explanations on what was happening. Um, explanations that later turned out to be wrong. They were just making mm-hmm. stuff up, right? I probably because the rest of the team wasn't available or, or whatever. Um so then all of a sudden all of a sudden the eligibility checker went came back. Um started showing people's balances and then you could you could go to the airdrop page but then there were all kinds of problems. So um the airdrop page kept going up and down, you know, it would show just a blank space where the airdrop interface was supposed to be. What 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 happened in reality was that their uh, RPC, the public RPC for Optimism, went down because they mm. it wasn't ready to handle the traffic. And if yeah. you look in the docs, it actually they actually encourage people in their docs to like not use the public RPC. Yeah. That and and they said there are many public RPCs available. You can choose one. Here's a list of them. You can go get one from Alchemy. There's other providers that are providing them. But the problem is that people are used to this experience of when they go to use a network for the first time, people don't want to put in the, they don't want to add the network manually to MetaMask. Now MetaMask has a capability where in JavaScript, the, the DAP or whatever you're using can trigger adding a new network. And so people want to use that. And everyone was using that same snippet of code for Optimism, which was add the main Optimism RPC, the one that was going down at this time. So that was a big problem. So people were trying to switch RPCs and get, get create custom RPCs with Alchemy and things like that. Um, and so that would work for some people and it wasn't working for other people. And, and, and the, the staff on Discord was not, was not being super helpful in terms of um, saying what the problem was. They didn't want to disclose, I think, or they didn't know that the RPC was down. So there's the first issue. Then people start posting like the contract address saying here's the contract and you can see all these people are claiming already. And everyone's Mm. asking how are they claiming and all this stuff. There was a proof that you needed to submit um, that you could get from an Optimism centralized backend server through their API. And um, so people started posting that and explaining, here's how you call the contract directly you got to paste this in here paste this over here um, there were like people linking to chinese language twitter posts explaining how to do it cuz <laughs> anything in english yet um and and the mods in the discord are trying to tell people to just wait but meanwhile mm. the um the the secondary markets are already live because people are already able to claim and so people are already setting up lps on uniswap and stuff
1: yeah
0: now, Kazuaki, you found a Twitter thread from a Japanese user talking about kind of the market action at this time. What what was going on here? Well, like, he was
1: pointing out that um, there might be Optimism Insider. Mm. After, right after – well, actually, before the, uh, the airdrop, he was saying um, – the first uh, official tweet from optimism say like uh, which actually they say like sub nurse that plus yeah. of the optimism and then yeah. four minutes after there's a first uh, airdrop transaction happened okay Be- so that was like before original airdrop um, announcement
0: they haven't announced that the airdrop has happened yet
1: right right yeah and um, yeah and then like after the first transaction happened, the claiming transaction happened um, you know like all, all the the claiming transaction came through like every second. And then yeah. the price went up, and then gradually the whole, all the LLP token price went down. So, like, by the time everyone noticed about the airdrop, yeah. including myself, the price was already, like, a dollar or something.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, at one point it was, I think, like, $14. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, I mean, I don't know who set up that pool, you know? I, yeah. As far as I know, the Optimism team said they didn't contribute any liquidity to the Uniswap pool. Mm-hmm. At $14 price, that could have been someone getting 500 OP tokens and combining that with, um, you know, one ETH or whatever.
1: Yeah. And,
0: just, and just throwing up the pool, right? Mm-hmm. And just put some, there's some liquidity in there. Because whoever creates the pool gets to set the initial price, Right, right, right.
1: right.
0: So, so I mean, without without seeing the volume, it's really hard to tell like how much value is actually transacted. Yeah, sure, yeah, at, yeah. You know, the fourteen dollars price is not realistic. There's no liquidity. Mm-hmm. No. It's kind of meaningless, right? Yeah. Um. And and then as far as I know, the the OP team has not claimed any of the tokens. Their tokens, I think, are locked for a year.
1: Oh, okay, cool.
0: According to their docs. Yeah, so yeah. Um, are there VCs and stuff involved? Probably. I don't know. You know, who yeah. knows?
1: Yeah.
0: You know, this person's saying there might be an insider. Yeah. That doesn't necessarily mean the team. It could mean a VC, it could mean friends. Um but to mm-hmm. me, I mean, I think the $14 price is like, I don't know. There's no volume. So who cares? Mm-hmm. You
1: know. Right. And that's like they did a really great job, great job on the civil attack resistance. That's
0: true. Yeah. That is true. Um, so so in terms of the Sybil attack resistance, they did hype up their community a lot in terms of finding finding Sybil attackers for the airdrop.
1: Sybil
0: mm-hmm. attacker meaning people who are just generating all these different addresses and meeting the minimum requirements so that they can get a piece of the air. Um, airdrop. They they were saying, don't worry, all these mints are just Sybilers. And we're, we're trying to figure out who they are and, and we're, we're, we're going to catch them by doing this. And so that was one explanation from the team, mm-hmm. uh, at least from the Discord moderators on what was happening, that this was some sort of honeypot that they were <laughs> catch siblers at the last minute. And so don't mint yet or else you'll be caught as a civil attacker and, and all this yeah. stuff. <laughs> some, some real damage control from some Discord moderators who really didn't oh. know what else to say, you know? So I think that was mm-hmm. quite bad. Um, but anyway, over time, you know, the airdrop page went up and down, but then it finally started working, um, and, and people were able to sell, but the thing that disturbed me the most was, you know, they're, they're going to be putting out a big, um, retrospective on the incident, you know, kind of an incident report style thing. Um, but they, they, they said during their testing, like the site, the airdrop claim accidentally went live. But then, why did they tweet Sup Nerd?s You know, like yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. They they should they should have announced like some kind of like official
0: yeah the official community. announcement happened for hours yeah after yeah. people were claiming yeah. um, but but like as someone who's worked in software, like there's no need to ever accidentally put the site live. I mean, you, that's kind of a major screw up. Right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> a really major screw up. And then of course, Ethereum being the dark forest that it is, if you put a contract live, people are going to see that.
1: Oh yeah, definitely.
0: You know, you can't just put a contract live and expect no one to find out. Mm-hmm. Everyone's going to find out, no matter what it is. And so that's why usually with these type of things, airdrops, NFT drops, whatever, the contract is pausable, you know, and so right. they, they, they they deploy the contract, but it's in a paused state so that no one can interact with the contract in a meaningful way mm-hmm. until they the unpause transaction and, and allow people to mint or claim airdrops or whatever. But the optimism token didn't have this. Uh, uh, like, why? I mean, it's such a standard thing. It's a governance token. Yeah. Mm-hmm wouldn't you have a governance token be possible? We've seen what happened with other governance token attacks in the past. I think governance token attacks are like fairly well known and pausing a a governance token that's under attack via flash loan or, or whatever is like a very simple line of defense, you know, are they just decentralization, decentralization maximalists? I don't think so because if you don't, if you understand how optimism works, it's somewhat centralized compared mm-hmm. to Ethereum, which is yeah. uh, like L2s in general are trading off some centralization, right? So mm-hmm. so I don't understand that either. Why not have it be possible? Someone yeah. surely mentioned that. So, <laughs> so I'm looking forward to hearing the official. They haven't released, as far as I know, the official um, incident report mm-hmm. on on the launch. So I guess we'll wait for that. To give kind of our full feelings on it but uh, considering all of that considering kind of this this miscommunication and misdi- misdirection dare i say misinformation from the discord moderators during the airdrop <laughs> it just kind of turned me off from optimism and i've been thinking a lot lately about alt l1s and l2s and i'm like i don't know if you really need this is a this is a controversial take. And and I don't honestly, I don't know how I feel about it. But do we really need L2s? You know, like what's wrong with what's wrong with alternate L1s? It's true, yeah. Like, if you're gonna if you're gonna sacrifice decentralization and stuff, like there's a lot of interesting alt L1 designs you can go with. Um and with bridges. And all this stuff, like, just get your asset, whatever it is that you're interested in, or your, or your, you know, just think of it as capital, your USDC, your Tether. They're on every chain now, you know? Yeah. It's on every chain, L2 or L1. So, like, go over to AVAX, go over to Phantom, go over to Cosmos, Polkadot, whatever. Like, there's so many options out there. <clears throat> these rollups, are we is this over complicated what, what is the point here you know as long as it's EVM compatible yeah um, and uh, you know I'll just mention real quick ZK Sync coming out with the ZK EVM I think that is something that is interesting because it's quite the uh, it's not just a scaling solution at that point mm-hmm. you know yeah. something new happening there so I'm looking forward to that but but other than that, I mean, it's all healthy to have the competition in the marketplace. But for me, I don't really see the value proposition in optimism. I don't know. I mean, it's just another tool, but I don't think it's it's necessarily anything revolutionary. Um, and uh, as I said before, the OP is just a governance token. Now, here's something interesting about the governance token, and then we can, we can talk about other stuff. But one of the first governance votes the discussions that's happening for OP is to use OP as a gas token.
1: Yeah, I saw that Twitter. <laughs> Vitalik, Vitalik was pretty uh, excited about that.
0: Oh, he is? He, he yeah, supports yeah, yeah.
1: that? Yeah, because he he's like he's kind of like anti-governance token.
0: Yes, that's true. Yeah. That's true. Governance tokens really haven't worked out yet. I don't think anyone yeah. could give an example of a successful governance token. That's true. And um, gas tokens are very much a thing. Mm-hmm. You know,
1: yeah.
0: I think the way Optimism is set up, it could they could easily switch over the validator network to use OP as as the token. Yeah.
1: Um,
0: gas tokens in general. This is something we should talk about in the future because mm-hmm. um, the use of gas tokens on like. Binance Smart Chain is huge now, mm. which is really cool uh, for MEV reasons and other things. Yeah. People gas tokens. It's a lot easier mm-hmm. than using using Ether. So, um, But anyway, obviously the holders, and I think the person who first proposed this in their governance discussion wasn't thinking technically, wasn't thinking uh, Vitalik likes this. He's just thinking, here's a good way to the OP bags. Let's yeah, switch yeah. the gas from Ethereum to OP. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think it's great. I think it's great. And th- yeah. here's a right. case of true governance because I have no doubt in my mind that if it gets to a vote, everyone's going to vote yes to yeah. to uh, use it as a, as a gas token. And any delegate who votes against it, people are going to withdraw their support. So, <laughs> so uh, yeah. I, th- I honestly, I think they don't. The the optimism team. does not want to do that because I think it will change probably in their legal team's mind what the heck they're doing here. Yeah, You're kind of changing it to an ICO at that point, you know, so...
1: Right, right. It turned to the utility tokens, right?
0: Exactly, exactly. And um, Ethereum got away with it because they were the first to do it, you know?
1: Mm
0: -hmm. But you know, they want to exchange listings and things like that. I guess they're already on Coinbase and everything, the OP token. So, yeah. um, but if you if you have a, of a utility token, Coinbase and, and other groups probably do not, you mm. need to pressure them a lot to, to be on their platform because um, they're very afraid of, of getting in trouble. Right. And I'm sure there's a lot of stuff you need to do, set up business in New York City and, and all kinds of stuff in order to satisfy the exchanges requirements. So So anyway, optimism is out. Go give it a try if you haven't already. Um, but it you know, it was kind of a mess at first. So so yeah, that was my initial experience with it, which wasn't wasn't a super pleasant one, unfortunately. <laughs> How did your airdrop claim go? Was it smooth? It was pretty smooth. Okay, yeah. good. <laughs> Mine was not. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, in, in, in uh, lighter news, everyone's favorite meme song, Crypto Boy, oh, yeah. um, NFT, which I don't really understand because the song is kind of anti-crypto, but then somehow became a crypto Twitter anthem, kind of in the same way that the crypto um, Cryptoland Island project became yeah, a
1: meme.
0: Yeah. <laughs> what are your thoughts about this? What, what do you think of the song?
1: uh was well, song uh um I'm not gonna say anything but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but that, me of like, way...
0: like, like skater boy that's what it reminded me of yeah, right yeah yeah,
1: yeah. But the way the way they like approach um to how to handle the uh, the music nft is pretty interesting because like that, you, can, well, that platform you can
0: is quite cool.
1: Yeah, like you, you can add like metadata for the NFT. I mean like messages to the NFT. So like mm. um you can see the message when you when you play the song. Which is quite interesting. And also uh sound.xyz platform. Mm-hmm. It's also funded by a uh, 16Z. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, that that I, I feel like this is a like new wave of the music NFT kind of, and they I'm really glad like they got uh, like people's attentions. So
0: yeah, yeah. raising like hundred and fifty thousand dollars. That's a quite lot. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, as far as I know, it was an unknown artist who was like a TikTok kind of musician. Mm-hmm created this song i think they had this person perform at the gary v nft conference Mm -hmm. as well which is is pretty (laughs) but it is it is somewhat of an anti-crypto song um but i saw so many people on crypto twitter saying oh this slaps this is great maybe i just didn't get it is it supposed to be ironic i didn't think it was but um, crypto Twitter, I think, has this tendency where if someone does something anti crypto, everyone on crypto Twitter just like swarms it with like affection and praise. And then that, yeah. that person who the anti crypto whatever meme or, or something becomes pro crypto. Right, right. <laughs> because of the support for the community. Yeah, um, yeah. Like I saw a similar thing. That happened with that artist who did the pixel art saying like, oh, you know, I'm going to do an NFT. I can't afford health insurance. And, you know, I have so many fans on Twitter, but I only make like $10,000 a year. And then they sold their first NFT for like hundreds of thousands of dollars. Um, but they were like, don't hate me. Like, if you disagree with NFTs, I don't care, blah, blah, blah. <coughs> but well, I think this person was like, you know, I don't know if they were anti-NFT, but they were very skeptical about NFTs. Mm -hmm. before they launched their first nft um and and then obviously the community just like supported the hell out of this person so you love to see that for sure Is these independent Mm -hmm. artists getting supported and crypto twitter kind of has this chip on its shoulder where it says oh you're gonna you're gonna like you know make fun of crypto or 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 whatever as an outsider like we're gonna kill you with kindness and and bid your bid your project up to the moon and support it like crazy and create all these derivatives and means and <laughs> you're gonna feel the love and and you're gonna become one of us. So <clears throat> I think that's always really funny. Yep. So good for crypto Twitter.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um and yeah, check out that Sound XYZ page. I mean, it's quite cool music nfts is something that hasn't really been brought into the mainstream yet but i think eventually will happen kanye also i don't know if you saw this but there's some rumors about kanye doing an nft drop he said publicly he said some note that he's not quote unquote he's not doing a fucking nft but yeah. also his lead team seemed to have gone around and done a bunch of trademarks for a kanye west nft series so huh <clears throat> interesting yeah yeah <laughs> So so I honestly I don't know what's going on there. Um but it's a good way to start off the marketing. So. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah.
0: Huh. Yeah. Maybe on the negative side, there's been a lot of controversy around the stake.com crypto gambling site. Have you heard of this? Have you checked this out at all?
1: No, no. What's about it?
0: stake.com is the ultimate evolution of Satoshi Dice basically. You remember Satoshi yeah. Dice? Satoshi Dice is probably still around, I don't know, but it was one of the very first like kind of bitcoin dapps uh-huh. um, where you could play a very simple gambling game game gambling game of dice using bitcoin. Mm.
1: Uh,
0: people people got addicted to it and things like that but you know, whatever. It's a dice game. Yeah, Stake.com supports all these different cryptocurrencies. And they have crazy slot machines. Like, these slot machines have better graphics than the ones you see in Las Vegas. Um, they got all kinds of crazy gambling. They have live gambling, blackjack, poker, with, like, a live dealer. And so all these Twitch streamers started streaming themselves playing these these games, and they're gambling millions of dollars. And so Stake.com started sponsoring streamers um, to, to the tunes of millions of dollars a month because the site is making so much money. Hmm. They even just did a live stream with Drake. Drake was playing roulette and I think some other games, and Drake over the course of his stream of a couple hours lost $10 million playing roulette. Oh. Um. But it's one of the most popular categories on Twitch right now. And so that's kind of a problem because Twitch has a very young fan base. And yeah. in general, culturally, people don't want to expose young kids to gambling, right? Mm-hmm. Gambling's kind of a sin, at least in Western culture. It's considered a bad thing. It's not considered necessarily evil, but it's 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 one of those things like alcohol right. where you, you could get addicted to it. Some type of people get addicted to it. It can ruin your life. Some people can do it responsibly, but it's just one of those things that can be very addictive. It can be very dangerous. Mm-hmm. And so you don't want to expose kids to things like that. Is it yeah. kind of like that in Japan as well? Do people want to kid keep kids away from like uh, pachinko parlors and stuff?
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's the same yeah. thing.
0: Same thing, right? So, so, you know, Stake.com, sponsoring all these Twitch streamers. Finally, a big Twitch streamer um, and YouTuber, this guy Ludwig, I think that's his name, um, came out with this kind of criticism video uh, explaining what's going on. And um, the problem is, in my mind, that what a, gambling is whatever i don't i don't necessarily feel one way or the other i've gambled i've gone to las vegas i've lost hundreds of dollars you know whatever i don't really it, it doesn't I'm, I'm not really addicted to it like it doesn't i don't really have whatever that genetic predisposition is but um it's it's people are associating it with crypto and they're saying that this is just another example of crypto supporting something evil you know what i mean yeah people are already criticizing crypto a lot for nFTs and things like crypto lands and whatever others people are running scams constantly right mm-hmm. um, and all kinds of scam coins and nFTs and and rug pulls and so this is just another thing for people who who are outside of crypto to criticize crypto as a whole for is that this it's it's encouraging young children to gamble great, right yeah. Crypto, I don't, I don't think in the past has had, had, you know, it's had a lot of criticisms, but no one's really saying that it's ruining the lives of children. <laughs> <laughs> but now you could, you could legitimately say that crypto is, yeah. is contributing to the downfall of, of society and and, and causing kids to want to gamble. If you haven't checked out these streams though, you have to check them out because they are pretty funny because you watch these guys. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and like get all depressed and then I saw one where this guy was like he hit like uh he's just playing slot machine and he hit for two million dollars in one pull right Wow, two million dollars and so he's all excited he's, he's screaming he's yelling he's so happy and so his friend who's with him on discord asks alright how much are you up now he says no I'm still down millions of dollars cool. just in that day, even though he hit the two million dollars he had already lost like four million dollars that day. That's crazy, crazy, right? Well, the, you can set it up on here so that you're you're spending for each pull of the slot machine, you're spending two thousand dollars. Yeah, yeah. Can you imagine if each pachinko ball was worth a thousand dollars? I mean, that's what they're doing on these sites because you could you can spend as much as you want because it's all crypto. Right. Right. Do they have that in Japan? Do they have high roller pachinko where each ball is worth a uh, hundred yen or a thousand yen? Not
1: any kind of stuff.
0: Yeah. No. Well, how much is it normally? It's like two yen, right?
1: Two yen. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's enough for most people. Hmm. I saw this. <laughs> this is this is unrelated. I don't know if you saw this. I saw this like Japanese meme going around on Twitter of this guy who walks out of a pachinko parlor, drops to his knees. Screams takes his glasses off and smashes them on the ground and screams again And then someone put some anime music over the background of the video. Did you see this? No It's <laughs> pretty it's pretty funny Um, I felt bad for the guy but all the people are like going in and out of the pachinko parlor Just trying to like walk around him no. while he's like on his knees like screaming into the sky <laughs> Poor guy Yeah. Do you like pachinko? Yeah.
1: No, actually, I never, I never done that before.
0: You never done it. I never done that. We should go do. It. I've done it. You've never done it. That's You've crazy. Done it? I've done it. Yeah. Oh
1: yeah, know, like I can't, I can't stand the surroundings. Like you know, like a little, oh, little of crazy noise.
0: It's so loud. Yeah. Maybe that's I mean, why like, the older people like it because they can't hear it.
1: Right, right. It looks That's like I like, heard, like, heard like the who who runs Pachinko did it on purpose because like that makes shut down like outside of the world outside of the store completely. And then, like, yeah, it's kind of hypnotizing Pachinko. the noise.
0: Yeah. It's fun though. Fun. Yeah. I don't I don't understand why like people who do it every day or anything. I mean I guess you're just really addicted to gambling. But yeah, yeah. For me part of the fun of gambling is drinking and you don't drink at the pachinko place right so right uh but you know vegas and stuff like that you get hammered
1: yeah
0: uh, because they just keep bringing you drinks for free Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. but anyway uh but yeah pachinko's pachinko's fun and you really can't lose that much money right that's true yeah i don't think it would be pretty tough for you to lose more than a thousand dollars playing pachinko I mm. think. Yeah. Cause it once you hit a little jackpot or whatever, it takes like ten minutes for all the animations and cartoons to play and stuff. Mm. <laughs> well we'll have to go sometime. We'll have to go. Yeah, yeah. We gotta go. Um it it it, it is fun. We'll have to we'll have to find like a, a goofy goofy place. Maybe maybe they're getting quieter now, you know, now that they've um Dan smoking in the in the right, pachinko parlor, right? Like that. Yeah. maybe it's getting a little bit more chilled out. Also, I also I heard that uh, Pache- a lot of pachinko parlors are owned by North Korea. Is that true? That's that's
1: true. That's wow. True. Maybe North
0: we'll
1: see Korea or like
0: you know
1: second generation North Korean in Japan.
0: Wow, yeah. crazy. But yeah. Japanese people still go. So still go, yeah. Be, yeah. <laughs> Um speaking of scams there was um, uh, a US I think congressman Madison Cawthorn who has been he's been investigated for a lot of things lately <laughs> people people really do not like this guy Really? He's, he's a really young guy yeah. and he's a far right guy um but whatever, politics aside, he's been, I guess, uh, investigated for his involvement in the Let's Go Brandon coin. Now, Kazuaki, you know, you, you're you a Japanese guy, you live in Japan. Yeah. Are, are you familiar with what the whole Let's Go Brandon thing is all about?
1: No, not really, but I saw the LGB talking and then, like, I didn't get the whole context, but.
0: It's so stupid. It, there was a newscast happening in America, and there mm-hmm. It was at a NASCAR rally, I think. Yeah. And there's this NASCAR driver. His name is Brandon.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And while they're doing the newscast, um, the people in the crowd are chanting, "Fuck Joe Biden." Yeah. You know, they don't like <laughs> Joe Biden. Yeah. president and the person who's doing the newscast, you can hear it on the newscast. You can hear everyone screaming. Mm. And the person on the newscast says, wow, listen to that chant. They're all saying, let's go, Brandon, to support this NASCAR driver, right? They weren't saying, let's go, Brandon. They were saying, fuck Joe Biden. So, yeah. so now people will say, let's go, Brandon. And that means, fuck Joe Biden. Okay? Yeah. So that's the idea of this token. So now a U.S. congressman is involved in this token that's essentially called the fuck Joe Biden token, <laughs> right? Who's the president? So it's really stupid. It's really crazy. Yeah. Um, obviously this this let's go uh, brandon token is some sort of rug pull and scam. you know when it became valueless. This guy has some very suspicious trades in terms of timing, being an insider cool. in pull and whatever. So stupid. I don't understand why you should not just act like every other congressman and and do insider trading on the stock market. Doing it in crypto is stupid because you could trace it all. (laughs) (laughs) Every other person in US politics just does the stock.
1: Yeah.
0: I mean, usually a a congressman in the US will make, I don't know, $150,000 a year. Of course, they're all worth, you know, tens of millions of dollars Mm -hmm. from their stock trading. I guess they're all really good stock traders, right? I mean, uh, that's very lucky that that they all do so well in the stock market. But. I'm sure it has nothing to do with any kind of inside information they have. But yeah, this guy, I mean, <laughs> crypto is not a good place to do insider trading because you can could, you could trace it. I don't know if you saw it. This is somewhat related. The OpenSea guy got investigated in the U.S. by the FBI. Right,
1: right. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Doing Hold insider
0: trading on NFTs that he knew were about to be featured on the front page of OpenSea. So, um, but it was easy to trace because he just used his own wallet and things like that. and. Mm-hmm. I guess is arrested now by the FBI for allegedly doing this. I'll say allegedly. I don't don't know the full details, but so stupid people. I mean, this really goes to show as these things start to pile up, you know, congressional investigation, FBI. um, It's harder to do fraud in crypto than it is to do outside of crypto in the traditional banking system. Yeah actually harder to do and, and people always talk about oh there's so much fraud in crypto and, and whatever it's traceable you can go back and look and the reality I think of the situation is that the government agencies that are charged with protecting people from fraud they're not ready to be doing things on the blockchain they need more training, they need more education um, and they they need to have better direction from their oversight agencies and, and their funders and, and Congress and everything to, to target this stuff. But it's actually easier to target than um, than traditional Ponzi schemes. So, anyway, here's my rant about that. <laughs> I, I hate it when people say, oh, all, all that ever happens on crypto is fraud. It's like, all that ever happens in the world is fraud yeah! Oh, yeah. it's actually easier to deal with. Mm-hmm. And speaking of fraud, remote work, is it a fraud? Or are the companies that can't support it frauds? That's my <laughs> thing. Um, Elon Musk came out with a memo this week for all Tesla employees. You've got to be in the office 40 hours a week. The factory workers are there. Why aren't you there? No more remote work. And uh, so that's got people talking. What do you think about this?
1: Um, I mean, it, it really depends on um, like what product are you working on. Like for, mm. for us, like like a software engineer, we can totally yeah. do remote work. But let's say like hardware workers, like cars or rocket science and all kinds of yeah. stuff, like you you can't really do remote work at all. Some somebody somebody gotta has to be at the factory, right? That's true. But... But in a lot of ways, I
0: mean, software... Isn't isn't everyone kind of a software engineer now? Aren't the scientists also software engineers? Aren't the factory also software engineers? I mean, the robot's putting the car together, right?
1: Well, yeah. So, like, it doesn't necessarily be... Everyone has to be at the office.
0: Yeah. Me, personally, I feel... Because most most people's jobs now are related to software computing in some way, mm-hmm. um, if a company disallows remote work, yeah, one of two things are happening. One is the workers aren't trained to do remote work. And I think doing remote work is a special skill that you need to have. Mm-hmm. Um, and some people are naturally good at it and some people aren't. And those people, I think, need, need training and education because it's not easy.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, the other thing is that the company the company has hired a lot of bullshit people who don't know what they're doing and, and are just pretending to work. And right. obviously pretending to work is a lot easier to do in a remote setting. And um, you don't have effective managers and you don't have effective processes to manage your people and monitor output. And and it sounds to me like maybe that's what's happening at Tesla, that they just don't know what's right. happening. Or right. Yahoo, Yahoo used to be a massive company and they had a lot of remote workers. And hmm. I think a lot of those remote workers weren't actually work. And, and that was when Yahoo was worth billions of dollars. So, so anyway, remote work, I'm, I'm hugely in favor of it. I think if your company can't support it, you either got to be like baking donuts. Like there has to be some reason where why you, you can't be doing remote or you just don't have the right workforce in place. So you need to you need to figure that yeah. part out. Also, companies often are putting in huge amounts of money in terms of um, commercial real estate. And so that the value of that is going down if people are remote working. And so uh, kind of in, in some companies' best interest, they own a lot of real estate to, to get people back in the offices.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And so there's some, some perverse incentives there. But um, I don't know. I mean, I've been a remote worker for a long time actually like kind of before it was trendy i did remote work um for many companies i hired many remote workers yeah uh, so i've been doing it for a long time and i'm I'm very much used to it and i i understand like kind of the difference there and so i'm very much in favor of it, but but i i have seen situations where i had to fire people because they were pretending to work it does happen
1: mm. it does happen yeah
0: Japan's definitely a place where remote work is a new thing, to say the least. Obviously, the pandemic accelerated that. What do do you think the the response will be in Japan? Uh, I see a lot of companies are asking people to go back to the office here.
1: That's true, yeah. And also, like, a lot of people hate going back to the office. Oh, really? Uh, Because, like, you, you know, like, how Japanese people do meeting with the company, Right. Right. And like oh, most of the time, like you, you gotta listen to what your boss is saying. And yeah. Like, like you know, yeah, yeah. They're they the employee is a part of the boss's job, and then like you know, like since that changed after the COVID, and then like a lot of people are really happy about working from home.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And no more nomi kai
1: No more, no more nomi kai at all. Yeah. So Like you know, like seems the, like the a lot of You
0: have to work with your boss, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it seems like a lot of people having a really good like work life balance, after, after people moving to remote work. Yeah. But, uh,
0: yeah. Yeah. Well, hopefully, um, you know, I'm I'm in favor of it. I think it's gonna it's gonna be a big differentiator in the future in terms of being able to hire people. Yeah. Um, hire yeah. people for cheaper it's yeah. a big perk so and 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 people who are good employees um good workers smart people they do well in remote work and people mm-hmm. who who aren't tend to do bad so it's just going to be a big advantage for the companies that support it and uh, and i'm sad to see elon come out against it
1: I know, but know.
0: Right? He, he also could be interesting, so who knows yeah, yeah, yeah like i saw twitter
1: Say, someone say like what's the point of like you know going back to the office and like someone replied to the start, say like oh he can't have an affair within the company if you work from home they, they, Yeah, <laughs> that was kind of funny
0: yeah and I, th-
1: I think a lot, of, a lot of Japanese like executives feel that kind of way too like, mm. they, they want to have an affair within the company
0: yeah yeah <laughs> yeah well, what are you going to do? I'm not going back.
1: I'm Me not neither. going back. Ever. Me neither.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
1: I, I'm, I'm a, yeah, I'm an information guy.
0: That's right. Yeah. We're digital natives.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> we're, we're infused with network spirituality. We're like Serial Experiments Lane, connected directly, interfacing divinely whatever um anyway (laughs) (laughs) all right folks well this has been another episode about something about web 3 let us know what you think send us a message on twitter or something but we don't have a show twitter you just have to dm us directly um twitter is in the show notes as always in the description of this wherever you're listening to this on youtube or whatever should check the YouTube comments. I don't know if anyone's commenting. Um, yeah, we're on YouTube. We're on Spotify. We're on Apple. We're on Google. We're on Plurple. I don't know what that is, but we're probably on it. We're on everything. So so thank you. Thank you for your support. Thank you for listening. Um, and uh, we'll see you next week. Hopefully the markets don't explode before then, but if they do, it'll be an interesting episode. <laughs> All right. Bye, everybody.
1: Bye-bye.